If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Welcome to News Desk with me, Mami Sinyamicha Thompson. In the next hour, probe into the alleged plot to oust IGP continues this morning with three critical witnesses captured in the leaked tape. We'll give you a wrap of what transpired at the committee yesterday and later take you live to the committee for updates on today's hearing. Also, Report, any state institution which fails to honor your request from information, that's from the Right to Information Commission, applicants information more as the commission launches Right to Information Month. Who is sourcing the information does not come back to us to tell us that you still haven't gotten the information. There's no way we will know. So now what we are looking at is ensuring that when we have given the instruction that the information should be given to you, a copy should be given to us. Some schools and mining communities being lost to the operations of mining companies. We have details from a study which says the situation is affecting the quality of academic work as children have to walk longer distances to access education. Also, butchers in Tema levied over the supposed sale of a slaughterhouse at the Tema industrial area. Details of these and more in the next hour. Please stay with us. Thank you for staying in our first story, Commissioner of Police Alex Mensah, who is at the centre of the alleged plot to remove IGP. Ekufo Dampare has confirmed his voice in the leaked tape. According to him, he has met the prime witness in the case, Daniel Bukrinabu, four times to discuss several private conversations which he would not divulge publicly. He has, however, indicated to Parliament's committee probing the case that portions of the tape have been ducted. Samalim Bura was in Parliament and filed this report. The embattled Commissioner of Police, Alex Mensah, did not miss words. In submission before the committee, he confirms dealing with Daniel Bugri Nabu but doubts the authenticity of the leaked tape. Because the audio, which I've just listened, is an edited one. There's a likelihood somebody can fix my voice but i can't confirm because i have not i don't have that 
technical pharmaceutical permit. Is there any flow of conversation on this table that you, in true humility, will say that nobody is faking my voice? Or it is the entire tape that you want to say that somebody is trying to, I mean, fake your voice? The chairman, not the entire. COP Alex Benza has also taken on his boss, the IGP Akufodan Pari, for mismanaging the Ghana Police Service. Honorable Chair, I will not deny that fact today, tomorrow, or the next day. I will make that statement again. That the current Inspector General of Police is not managing the police service well. Something I will not run away from. I will say it everywhere, anywhere that I go. And you can do your own investigations, call police officers underground, and find out from them. Commissioner, calm down. Calm down. Can you assist this committee? You see, within the context, of your statement. He views that majority of the police officers are currently disgruntled, which has the potential of affecting the political fortunes of the MPP, a reason he's unhappy about his administration. As we speak, majority of police officers are not happy. And if these same people are those who are going to police the elections, and remember, police officers, they vote. Their wives vote. Their children vote. Their mothers and fathers vote. That is my concern. Mr. Alex Mensah has expressed willingness to open up on the rot in the Ghana Police Service, but on condition of an in-camera hearing. Chairman of the committee investigating the leaked tape, Atachia, said they may consider doing so due to the sensitive nature of the information. Which is for public consumption. Some testimonies and pieces of evidence might have national security implications. And therefore, in-camera hearing is one of the ways to, I mean, address the problem. So when we come to terms with that, why not? We invite him to give us in-camera uh, testimony. There were earlier objections by lawyers for Alex Mensah, which were overruled. Their concern was about reported judicial comments by members of the committee, Peter Tobu and James Agar. Mr. Atashia said the committee will offer them the opportunity to adduce evidence. We will not stop them from tendering evidence which should aid what we are doing. Guess what? Even the members of the committee are not enemies of the witnesses at all or the people involved. And therefore, if you start doing what they call evidence gagging, then you are biased ab initio. That is why I said anything of consequence that they will need to aid what they are doing, they should give it to them freely. And they are about to do that. In the same token, if there's anything which is a school of them and they have, the committee should look at it 
and if there's playing bias about certain things i've said one thing which is very important i would not be the person trying to get bias members of the committee to mess them up so i don't have the lenses of bias but if they believe that the committee is not properly constituted then it's above me because i'm not the one who considers the committee as a speaker the committee has adjourned sitting to friday to continue probing cop alex mensah and superintendent george asari meanwhile the third officer superintendent eric emmanuel jebi who has denied dealing now, with Bugri Nabu, has been discharged from parliament house someone in bora joy news asari. Well, hearings continue today and Samuel Limbura is there live for us. We'll be getting to him for updates. But moving on, the Right to Information Commission says applicants whose request for information were not granted by state institutions, even after petitioning the commission to report such institutions to the commission. Speaking at the launch of this year's Right to Information Month, Deputy Chairman of the commission elizabeth asari said the commission will now demand state institutions to furnish um, people with copies of documents demanded by applicants there's more in the following report the right to information commission was established by the rti act 989 to promote transparency and accountability and to also empower people to access information on central and local government as well as non-governmental organizations which are publicly funded. The RTI Information Month aims to create awareness of the operations of the Commission and to provide platforms for meaningful input to the implementation of the law. Elizabeth Asare is a Deputy Chairperson of the Board of the RTI Commission. Two years ago, the Right to Information Commission instituted an annual right to information week celebration with week-long activities to shed light on Act 989 and increase visibility. The Commission has seen the need to change the week celebration to month, to month celebration. The theme for this year's right to information month celebration is the importance of the online space to access to information. The objective of the Right to Information Month 2023 is to sustain the awareness creation that the Commission has embarked upon and improve the deliberative, and improve the deliberative platforms provided for the implementation of the law. She indicated that the Commission will start demanding of document requested by applicants as a way of ensuring institutions adhere to the rulings of the commission. We instruct or we ask the organization to give you the information. Um, if, if we, when we have level penalties against them, they definitely will pay the penalties. If you with source the information does not come back to us to tell us that you still haven't gotten the information, there's no way we will know. So now what we are looking at is ensuring that when we're giving the instru instruction that the information should be given to you, a copy should be given to us, then we will know that you have gotten the information. Most of the time you don't get the information and you don't come back to us because you have reported to us, you have levied penalties and you think that nothing is happening. 
Meanwhile, the head of legal, governance, regulatory, and research of the commission, Stephen Owusu, made it known that the commission is in court with the Ghana Police Service and other institutions like Goyle to get a court to order them to pay some administrative penalties for failing to provide information to institutions as demanded by the commission. long celebration of the right to information is on the theme the importance of the online space for access to information prince kwame could guess reports read to you the public utility regulatory commission has appealed to Ghanaians to collectively fight against galamse to purge the country's water bodies according to the commission illegal mining is a contributing factor to the recent increase in water tariff Executive Secretary of the Commission, Dr. Ishmael Aka, at a tariff education forum for tertiary students in Ho, said the water company is now compelled to use expensive chemicals to treat water from heavily polluted rivers for public consumption. Okay, so uh, when it comes to um, the water tariff especially, uh, we look at about four factors. The ocean rate, the cost of electricity, inflation and the cost of chemical. Now before Gamse became a big issue, Ghana Water was using a, a chemical called alum for them to treat the water before they serve customers. Now because of the nature of water we have now, some places when you go to the Pra and Cobra and other places, they are almost treating mud instead of wa uh, water. Now that means that even when you want to use the alum, you have to use about five times alum before Galamse. Now they are moving towards what we call polymer. That is the chemical they are using now. And that is two and a half times more expensive than alum. So the implication is that Galamse is making the cost of treating water very expensive. And unfortunately, consumers are paying for that. So I also admonish all of us to help fight against Galamse so that we don't bear some of these costs which we shouldn't have bear. Still on mining, some children in mining communities are losing their community schools to the operations of mining companies. This according to a study is affecting the quality of education because the children have had to walk longer distances to schools in neighboring communities. This is among several findings in a study conducted by the Department of Geography Education at the University of Education, Wenemba. The study sought to assess the impact of mining on access to education 
within mining communities. The study, which was carried out in the Sutufi North District of the Ahava region, underscores the pressing need for a closer examination of the socio-economic implications of mining on affected communities. Mining plays a crucial role in Ghana's socio-economic development, but irresponsible mining practices have had a more detrimental impact than positive outcomes. In light of the new Mount Ghana's limited takeover of the Sutifi North District, Dr. Yawasamwa from the University of Education, Winneba, conducted a study which revealed that the local school attended by the children in the area was demolished and relocated to Kenyasin number two. Consequently, children in neighboring communities now have had to endure long journeys to reach their school. He indicated that the situation significantly hampers the academic performance of students in these communities was mainly about how children within the fence-line communities within the district assess formal education and the means by which they do assess the formal education and as to whether those means would affect their um, performance as pupils or performance as students. And it's, it was so clear that um, they wouldn't have school just within their immediate environment. That means that pupils who have to travel um, on an average of, say, seven kilometers to move from Damso, and that is a fence-line community, to go to either Kenyasa number two, to either go to Dochikrom, which is also called Tutuka, and also Yaosukrom to assess education. Uh, normally, they will have to miss the first um, morning class, which, is, uh, which starts at 7.30, you understand, and the bus may go there even after 8. So they miss the early morning class, which is 7.30, miss assembly, and then sometimes miss the first um, lesson. And if continuously uh, a pupil, a child is missing these number of um, lectures or a number of classes, it definitely will not occur well with them when it comes to their performance. And so you realize that the performance will be deteriorating because of these irregularities when it comes to the bus coming to pick them. Of course, he recommended that the individuals in this fence-line communities be relocated to another settlement. About, um, I should say, over 90% were calling for that, that they want to be resettled. That is a clarion call, that they want to be resettled, to join their um, kinsmen or their relatives, as uh, most of them said in interviews. So the school feeding program, I think, should be extended to especially the school at... Um, could you hear um, DA, which is at Kenya Asin number two? Scholarship opportunities for these kids will not be bad. Speaking on the regulation of mining in forest reserves, Deputy Director of Arocha, Ghana, Daryl, is calling for the repeal of the new LI-2462. But in recent times, the last 10 years, we've seen some pressure. All our forests come under siege for illegal mining activities. So now we want to ensure that all the laws and regulations coming in are rather going to support their protection. But we have been surprised that this ally actually has been passed, even though it is titled environmental protection, it's rather environmental destruction because it opens up almost all forest reserves now for mining, which is contrary to existing policy on reducing mining in our forest reserves. And this is one of the main reasons why we think that this forest is not going to support our Green Ghana agenda, our climate action, or the commitment we have at an international level, both for biodiversity conservation and also for our own sustainable livelihood. So we believe that 
repealing this ally will be a good step to really staying committed to uh, sustainable forest management in this country. The report is titled Mining Induced Placements Impact on Children's Education. Esther Inkroma's report read to you. Now, road users and traders along the Ahenema Kokobing and Riankwanta Road in the Ashanti region are living in fear after an abandoned project now riddled with galleys has claimed at least 16 lives in the past year. Contractors demolished structures along the single road to pave way for its dualization, but have since left the site. Emmanuel Baitkweku has been to the community and our reports. It was in 2021 when the government resolved to reconstruct the Ahinema Kokobin and Yankwanta Road into a dual carriage road. Buildings and makeshift structures along the shoulders of the stretch were cleared to make way for the road upgrade. After months of construction work which saw grading of the road, the project was abandoned. Mud and dust covered both sides of the road with portions of the tarred road deteriorating. I usually irrigate the stretch with my water tanker to reduce the dust. A more perilous sight on the stretch is the huge galleys eating into the road. So conspicuous along this particular stretch is the numerous open pits, or what you would call a galley, that are dotted along this particular stretch. The residents over here tell us they are living in constant fear because at least 16 lives have been claimed at this particular den. There's several accidents in the area. My brother passed away after his car veered off the road into one of the gullies along the stretch. He passed with 16 people on board the car. Since the project began, I witnessed at least three accidents due to the open pits here. We are pleading with the government to continue the project. It's scary when you meet an articulator truck of the abandoned road is bringing economic activities at Dominase, a suburb along the stretch to its knees. Bread is a favorite of all. People hardly buy ice due to the dust. Business isn't booming here.
Cocosi, Bofu, left and right in another stores or put a month for stores, a month for container. You cleared structures on the stretch, but nothing has since been done. We don't know what we've done to the government, but we will advise ourselves in the coming elections. As remains unclear why the project has stalled for months now. But for the time being, residents live in terror, hoping the road project is completed and the galleys covered. For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel Brightquick. Now we cross over to Parliament where there's a live hearing of the probe into the alleged leak tape of the IGP or a plot against the IGP to remove him from office. Let's go live now to Parliament. Com complain police procedure in respect of what? This complaint within the service or? Thank you very much. Um, the clarification goes like this. If you are a police officer and you are aggrieved for one thing or the other about happenings in the service, what is the procedure? The procedure is for the police officer to report to his immediate boss for his immediate boss to forward it and finally gets to the IGP. That's the procedure. Thank you very much. That is the generic procedure. Let me be a bit specific. If you are a member of POMAP, and you think that there are things that the Inspector General of Police is doing. Remember, can you give it the full meaning because some applications will be lost. On Thank us. you. If you are a member of the Police Management Board, where the IGP is a member chair, and there are things happening within the police service that you are not happy, and it's a unitary command, what is the procedure? Honorable Chair, as I said, and it, it refers to all police officers, whether POMAP or what. Your first is to report to your immediate boss, even if what your immediate boss is doing is what you don't want. Just to remind you about the fact that you impressed me yesterday when you said you are a principal person. I will look into your face and tell you what I think is right. Whether you take it or you leave it, you like it or you don't like it, but that is me, and I'm happy to hear that. Who is your immediate boss? Because until 16th of September, I don't see you in Mufti. I still regard you as my commissioner. Until 16th of September. Who is your immediate boss? My immediate boss, as I speak now, is Inspector General of Police, Dr. George Kufudampare. Yesterday, you made it clear to the committee that Dr. George Kufudampare, the Inspector General of Police, is not managing the police well, have you ever had an opportunity to express this, either directly to him or at the police management board meeting? 
honorable member and honorable chair. Several opportunities. And what I said yesterday, if you give me the chance today, I will say so again. He is not managing the police service well. And for me, for the 31 years that I've been in the service, I can tell you he's the worst IGP we've ever had in this country. Please uh, hold on. <clears throat> Yesterday, we realized that um, if you are not careful, this will be a trial of the entire police service, which will have national security implications. And therefore, every line of questioning which we want to bring about the um, issue of um, the IGP and its competence and the rest of the matters will give you the opportunity in camera so we listen to you. So members, let's, let's have it at the back of our minds. You see, if we are not careful, understand, that we are trying the IGP in his absence by what he's pronouncing, which will not be uh, a good way to handle the matter. So please, um, let's leave that area. For good measure, an opportunity uh, will be given you in camera. Now, what do you believe with your 31 years of experience uh, is a problem with the entire police setup, the head being the IGP? You let us know. And we will know how uh, we'll glean meaning and substance from what you say and incorporate it in some of the recommendations that we do. So, um, Superintendent, I crave your indulgence. Let's leave that area and deal with the main issues and where we believe that we should sit in camera. We are ready to uh, bring him on board. Yeah. Thank you, Chairman. I, I think that he didn't answer my question. He veered into an area that I never questioned on. The question was, the IGP is your immediate boss. And the complaint procedure there is that even if it's your immediate boss that is doing things not right, you go and tell him. Have you ever had the opportunity to tell the IGP? Suggesting to him things that you think were not right in the administration, either at the police management board meeting or directly to him. Have you ever done that? Chair, then this is a question which has already been asked. And I said yes. yes. So I don't know why my... my Thank you very much for the emphasis. To conclude, when your immediate boss refuses or fails to address your grievance, I'm sure there's a next step to take. What is that next step? Mr. Chair. Uh, the advice that you gave, I will refuse to answer this question. Thank you. Chair, I think if care is not taken, this is a public hearing, but we need 
to exercise our discretion in the interest of the public. So that very simple questions which can be answered must be answered. But right now, it looks like the situation has been created whereby the witness wants us to you know, have much of his testimony done in camera. That would also not serve the public interest. So, for instance, the question that was just posed, that's a very simple question. The public wants to know. The audio is out there. We must establish the justification for most of the things that were said on that audio through the witness to satisfy the test of the public to, you know, know what really went on. But from every indication, I won't answer this. I will do it in camera. This is a public hearing. So we, we, must, we must balance, strike, strike a balance. Very good balance we are trying to strike. Because, you see, we should be mindful of one major thing here. That anything that would become a serious matter in the public domain via this engagement and will impinge on national security matters will not be proper. You see, I'm also... When he says that I won't answer, that is his right, you know that, cancel. It's not because of what I said. Because we can't force him to answer questions. But you would take note of his silence or his refusal to answer a question and comment on it. But what is very important is that I don't want anybody to have an impression that, oh, we are trying to aid the witness so that vital information that the public wants to consume, they will not have it. That is not what we are doing here. Because there is a lot of information that is in Jubilee House that the public is not having. A lot of information. There is also a lot of information with the, the bureaus that the public does not know. So it's not every information that is good for public consumption measured against national security. But if a man is seated here and he says he won't answer the question, the committee will take notice of it. Because we, can't, we, we as a members of the committee cannot compel him to answer questions. But you, take, you, you, take, you make note of that, his demeanor and the rest of it. We are all observing him. Yes, Chairman, I, I, I agree. But in... The case of national security related matters and when they can be divulged, there is a procedure for, first of all, categorization and classification. So, for instance, a document can be marked as restricted, confidential, you know, etc. There's a procedure. But in this case, there is a witness before the committee 
And the basis for this whole exercise is a leaked audio, which is already out there. Certain statements have been made very clearly on the audio. And so when questions are posed and they are directly related to what is said in that audio, for instance, you want justification. The entire police service is not happy with the IGP. The public needs to know. The police service is a creature of the constitution and statute. The people have an interest in, 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 in how well the police administration, the police service is managed. So, if you come and sit here and make such an emphatic statement, we should not leave the public in doubt. They should know. They deserve to know. I don't think there is any national security dimension to management. The service is not well managed. It's out there. What is the justification? The public should not be denied access to the justification. If we do that, it would constitute a disservice to the public. They should know. The national security... If you start making certain revelations here, and the committee thinks that those revelations are sensitive, we'll stop you right there and say, that this one, let's have it in camera. But to say all the justifications should be done, in, we'll be doing the public a disservice. So we have to draw the line. You see, the audio is out there. It is even in the interest of the witness to do the justification right here to the hearing of the public. We don't deserve to have an incompetent IGP. Vice, vice, you are not a witness. I crave your indulgence. Don't say that. That we don't deserve. No, that is the point. No, so you, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say that. Vice, I crave your indulgence. You see, I'm, I'm walking a very thin line. And let me explain. Probably, uh, if I'm wayward. I'm not saying the IGP is incompetent. No. But per his uh, assertion. But listen, listen, listen. If the IGP is not competent enough, you understand? And the IGP is not here. How can we give a good hearing and come to a conclusion on the mere issue of a man? It's all right. If we want to bring the IGP on trial, then he should be here. And also, listen, it's very important for us to do this. He should be here. Secondly, the issues of the incompetence of the IGP can be heard in camera. That's it. And we have said it yesterday. And if he, if he went on to say that, oh, he would do us a good paper on some of the challenges of the police. Was that not so? So what is the point in saying that in the full glare of the public, a man is not here, and we should give another man the space to say all manner of things about him? So this is, this is where, where I think we should be able to contain the situation. And let me tell you what is very important. The public wants to know what? The public, the general public, what do they want to know? That is the whole point of the matter. This is an interrogation in which we are trying to find out who did the, uh, the taping, the content of the tape, and the conclusion of the matter and our, our, our recommendations. It is not every conceivable issue that the public should know. 
You know that. You, are, you have been a minister before. A lot of things in the interior ministry, the public knows it already. So why should we use this forum to break the rules when it comes to matters which my border on national security? But let me tell you something. If there is something that he doesn't want to answer and it's so plainly obvious that he's hiding something, the public will know him. The public are also judging him. You are not the only people who are doing this judgment. So, Vice, I am of the humble view that if he says that he will talk to us privately, we will listen to him privately. Or you think that he should say everything here? Um, okay. I don't think we have an exhaustive. Okay, fine. We have an exhaustive list of witnesses. So, in the case of the IGP, if he makes comments here, which warrants the, the 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 extension of an invitation to the IGP, we do that. We had established the protocols that look these are in, in, internal matters for our consideration. Yeah, so, but so these are in-house matters. The fact that he has the opportunity to speak here, we do justice. Commissioner. To Commissioner, think about it. He's asking you this question. That when you spoke to the IGP and he rebuffed your views or he, he, he just ignored what you said, did it end there? Ramoche, it ended there. And he is aware. He knows. That's who is asking the question. He knows. IGP is not. IGP is not mandatory. Supposed to take any advice that comes from his advices. No. Was there? So you ended it. Sorry? Speak to the mic. Yes. You ended it. Yes, Mr. Chair. <coughs> sorry, Mr. Chair. Let's intervene let's, let's here. Yeah. Chair, sorry. Please. Who are the advisors of the IGP? The PUMAP members. Honorable Chair. PUMAP. Okay. But, um, Commissioner, you would agree with me that PUMAP advises the council, I mean the police service council, not the IGP. Mr. Chair, PUMAP has a representative at the police council, but there has never been a situation where the whole PUMAP have gone to the police council Give any advice? No. So, so, what is the role of that representative on the council? What is he supposed to do? The role of the rep of Puma on the council is to go to the council and speak the minds of all police senior officers. Not only Puma. In fact, he represents senior police officers. And there is a junior officer too 
on the council who represent all the junior police officers. And he or she is there to speak the minds of all junior police officers. IGP, who is a member of the council, is the one who speaks the minds of Puma at the police council. But, Commissioner, now, so IGP is the conveyor belt of the entire police service, including PUMAP, at the level of the council. Is that what you're saying? Yes, Mr. Chairman. Okay. Now, the IGP goes there in a representative capacity so that he doesn't express his personal views. He must convey the views of POMAP to the council by way of advice. Is that correct? So, Chair, that is what it is supposed to be. And you think that the IGP at the level of the council was not conveying the views of PUMAP, the advice of PUMAP to the council. Is that what you're saying? Mr. Chair, I'm not a member of the police council. And I've never been in their meeting. And I've never heard why the IGP sits at the police council. So I cannot answer this question, Mr. Chairman. Do you know, as a senior police officer, if you are grieved by certain happenings within the service, you reserve the right to petition the police service council. Yes, I do. Did you at any point in time deem it necessary to petition the police service council on the conduct of the IGP? No, Mr. Chair. Then are, are you done or you want to? Chairman, if you permit me, I will just wind up. Okay, go ahead. Um, Commissioner, you and I, I think that what we know in the area of national security or internal security, of course, on the need to know basis, we won't be spilling them on the table here. And you know that after 25 years in the police service, I've worked for three inspector generals of police. So I also do have information. But I will ask you questions that will put the police service image into disrepute. I won't do that. So what I was asking was just a simple procedure to end at the point that you know, if you are aggrieved, you go through the chain, it stops at the police council level. Is that right? Mr. Chair, can go to the police council, but I didn't stop there. So it means that we are agreeing to share the simple procedure that it can stop at the office of the president. Is that right? Can even go to the courts if you so desire. 
cannot stop at the office of the president. It can go to the courts. So much I agree with you. And do you think that many people who are watching you, many that you have trained, many of us who admire you and we see you as a mentor, do you think that we'll be very surprised that the commissioner, as bold as you are, you've never petitioned the police council at the point that you think that the IGP is actually not handling or managing the service well? As to the opinion of people, I don't know. I can't speak for them. I'm not here to speak for the opinions of people. So for this question, Mr. Chair, I'm sorry. I can't answer. Mr. Chairman, thank you very much. Um, Commissioner, all of us here, we are looking for a better Ghana police service. That is why we are here. How do we get a better Ghana police service when a grievance procedure is well spelled out? Because as we are human beings, we can be aggrieved at any point in time. You didn't follow your grievance as expressed strongly that the IGP is not managing the service well. You didn't follow it to the legally logical conclusion. conclusion. Is that right? Mr. Chair, for all due respect, I want to take my privilege. I don't want to answer this question. My last question, Mr. Commissioner. The Inspector General of Police is a member chairman of the Police Management Board. The Inspector General of Police is not the Police Management Board. And the Inspector General of Police doesn't take advice. Yesterday I said we used to have the Headquarters Management Advisory Board advising the IGP. But since the coming into force of Ghana Police Service Regulation 2012, it changed from the advisory position to a board. So the IGP is a member and the chair. So I would be surprised for you to confirm again that POMAC will take a decision about the performance or administration of the Ghana Police Service and the IGP will not listen. Is that the picture you wanted to paint? Mr. Chair, I've never made such a statement. You know why it's bringing that statement from that POMAC it's a decision, and our IGP will not. IGP is, as you said, the chair of the PUMAP. How can the PUMAP take a decision? And IGP, then where the decision was being taken, where was he? I never made such a statement, please. So grateful. So you agree with me that when you said, I'm a PUMAP member, if you advise the IGP, if you like, he takes it. You agree with me that PUMAP members are not advisors, they are members of the board. And you can't take a decision without the IGP. And if the IGP chairs and you take the decision, that decision is binding on the IGP. Is that right? Mr. Chair, what is the work of board members? When they go to board meeting, you come out with your ideas and your advice as to whether or not it is taken or not. So if you say that Puma members are not advising. They don't know what they are there doing. The head 
of the police service, according to our service instruction, the IGP is in charge the day-to-day -day management of the Ghana police service. And he takes decisions. He even decides what and what not to bring to Puma. If I may land, Mr. Chairman. Thank you so much, Chairman, for, for protecting me. Because I, I, I see that Mr. Boama is not listening to me. But, <laughs> um, Commissioner, I ask these questions because a lot of people who do not understand the workings of the Ghana Police Service may blame you or may praise you without clarity of what the procedure is. So the questions I'm asking is just let the public who are viewing us, the public viewing us, appreciate that, listen, this is a 31-year experienced police commissioner. So when he speaks about the police, and he goes to say that the police service is not being well managed, for me, with my experience, I get scared. So a bit of explanation. In camera, we'll do a, a lot of other stuff. You know, as, matter, as a matter of fact, I won't ask you some questions. If it's in camera, I'll do. But publicly, please, Poma, headed by the IGP. Members of PUMAP together with the IGP takes a decision. It's the duty of the chair to convey that decision. So you agree with that PUMAP members are not advisors? Mr. Chair, I've told you, maybe let me say this too. There have been occasions that meetings have gone on among PUMAP members that some PUMAP members were not even invited to the PUMAP meeting because they don't want them to be there. And that is what is going on. Chairman, it's at this limit that I will want us to progress, if we progress with him from my line of questions, it will have to be in camera. I'm grateful. You see, so I think the evidence is showing that the chairman is not cruel, you know. Now you know that something should be in camera so that we don't have troubles. Okay, so now let's yield space to my brother on my right if he needs to wind up see and then after that you bear in mind that uh, uh superintendent asari will have his turn oh i've not i've not vice 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 i've told you that you have you have a lot of space to ask your question so after him i'm only reminding him i'm only telling him that he shouldn't uh, excuse me to say restart the whole thing we are just tidying up as a preliminary issue, because thereafter, we know what to do. And then, this space we have to, our brother will have to have his turn, and then we know what to do. Now, when it's finished, and members of the committee want to ask more questions, yes, you go ahead. And advice, you have your, your space too. But just bear in mind that it's a winding up exercise. It's not going to be that we are redoing it again. That's what I'm saying. 
Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, yesterday the witness requested for the verbatim transcription of the audio if the committee was in possession of. I just wanted to know if a copy was given to him. Yes, sir. Have you received a copy of the verbatim um, um, transcription of the audio we know? That is so, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Chairman, yesterday when the audio was played, the witness indicated that uh, it wasn't all that clear. And then later on, he indicated that it was an edited version of the audio. Now that you have the uh, verbatim transcription of it, and uh, presumably you have gone through everything, uh, which parts, which parts of what is before you, of the uh, verbatim transcription of the audio that we have given you, do you think that uh, you did not, did not come from you, you did not utter such words? Which part of it did not come from you? Thank you, Mr. Chair. You were given the transcripts. You were not given the audio. I said what I said was about the audio. And Mr. Chairman said they don't have the audio. So, so I don't want to cut you, but what he's trying to say is that the audio we have, you see, has been transcribed into writing. And that is what we delivered to your lawyer and your good self. And in that transcription, which one would you say is an edited version or otherwise? That's what he's saying. Thank you, Mr. Chair. There are a lot of edited ones, and I want to cite an example. In the audio, when I was speaking to Bukri Nabu in the audio, somebody came in. Then we said, let me go into three. Ah, ah sorry, watch it. I don't know about that. I feel I'm over. And this portion came twice in the audio. An audio which was supposed to follow naturally. This portion came twice in the audio. So, how can an audio which was being recorded and nothing has touched it? And the person just came in once. And that one came in twice. As if the person came first and went back and came again. It still doesn't answer the question. You see, if the audio we had is not a fair representation of what actually took place, you wouldn't know. 
listen to me carefully. That's why we are, we are here. And what we did was to transcribe what is on the audio you are questioning and you listen to and deliver the, the, the document of the transcription to you and your council to look at. So, with the state of affairs, as clearly noted in the transcription, what has been transcribed, are they doctored or they represent what to place? Thank you, Mr. Chair. They are doctored because there are so many things that he, Bukinabu himself, said which is not in the audio. You see, the mandate of the committee is to establish the authenticity of the tape. And so when you said it wasn't all that clear yesterday, and then you, your counsel followed up with a request for the written version, I was of the view that when you get a copy, you will go through from the beginning to the end. And therefore, you will be able to indicate to us, this committee, statements that have been attributed to you that are incorrect. And so that when you say that, oh, it has been tempered with, they say, oh, this statement was attributed to me as having been made by me, this, this, this. But I didn't say that. This is what I said. And that will give us a fair appreciation of where you're coming from. So going through this document that we have given you, the written version of the audio, which statement in this, which is attributed to you, that you did not make? Is there any statement in there that is attributed to you, but you did not make that statement? Mr. Chair. Yes, Commissioner. If I sit here and I say that I'm going to come up with the list of the things that are in the transcript, which I did not say or what I said, I'm not ready because he only gave us the transcript. He didn't give us the audio. You see, you had the benefit of listening to the audio. Listen carefully. Commissioner, have patience. You had the benefit of listening to the audio. And remember yesterday, I was even asking you that you think somebody is trying to improvise your voice. You remember those questions? Now, this committee had the benefit of what you listened to yesterday. And this committee has no incentive to do a transcription outside the audio. 
You don't have an incentive to do that. 